Listeners of the Reject Nation, welcome. Thank you for clicking on to this podcast edition of our review and breakdown for Ahsoka Episode 5, Shadow Warrior. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a real good one. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check out the reaction highlights on the main channel, youtube.com slash Rejects. If you want to sync up with your own copy and enjoy the full thing, that's over at patreon.com slash Rejects. And, 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 if you want to cop yourself a super sweet and refreshing Ah oh, Soda Ahsoka-inspired t-shirt, head on over to the new and improved rejectnationshop.com. And without further ado... Let's review the shoe. Here we go. Wow. Ah, yes. Just end it. Just end it. It's a good place to end. Well done. Well done. That was great. Beautifully done. That was the best episode. Easily. Sorry, my heart is beating so fast right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I've got the I've got the white knuckles. First topic, let's kick it off. Michael, what's the first thing you want to talk about, buddy? I got several topics here. I'll just check off whatever you start ratting off. The performance and the chemistry and the magic of Ahsoka and Anakin in live action. Yep. Like Red started there. Elevated. <laughs> elevated everything um it was i feel like for rosario dawson this was just the breakout episode where it was an opportunity to like take an extraordinary actor in the form of rosario dawson give her an extraordinary acting partner what i thought was a very beautiful a very succinct script um there is a a magic between that relationship that I think even fans that haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels will now have an understanding of why we love those characters together so much. I think beyond that, this reconciliation of this figure that in so many ways shaped everything that she is and shaped the world that she inherited and that she's had to survive in to confront that and to understand that as as a Padawan who walked away from the Jedi Order, she never completed her training. And, and to recognize that in order to complete that training, she needs to make peace with her master and with herself. Because undoubtedly, she feels responsible for Vader's fall. And, and, and or I should say, Anakin's fall and, and Vader's rise. And there is just this, this feeling of, for so long, Star Wars has been struggling to figure out what is it now. And this was the first time that the focus and the clarity of what Dave Filoni and a whole group of amazing creatives at Star Wars have been working towards these past few years. Um, and... I think it's it's become clear to me uh, where it's going, and I'm I'm so excited. And I also just you said it earlier, uh, and it's really easy episode to episode to like get grumpy that it's not there yet, that it's not there yet. But I think the weight in this case really did make the reward feel all the more special. 
And weirdly enough, there was that moment when Ahsoka came back, the Gandalf-like transformation, which is just brilliant. Uh, when she's looking at Sabine's helmet, I felt more chemistry between those characters <laughs> now that she's had this opportunity to go back and I think remember what that dynamic is supposed to be and to understand that, yeah, her master wasn't exactly a great teacher himself. But that that flawed nature of the Anakin-Ahsoka relationship is also what can make the Ahsoka and Sabine relationship so special. And I think that fear of her falling, like he fell, uh, has been holding her back. So I'm just, I know I'm, I'm like vomiting words right now. I'm just like emotionally moved at how much they were able to capture in such a short time. And the actor that played young Ahsoka, mm. I thought captured the spirit of Ashley Eckstein and the gravitas of Rosario Dawson in, in perfect fashion, which for like a young actor in prosthetics in like a crazy war sequence for five minutes is no small feat. Um, it was magic. All right. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, it's conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All those words, I echo them as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this did have a really, really beautiful... I mean, being that more outside viewer, this really had a resilience of energy on screen that was really gripping and compelling. And I loved the way, you know, th th they bring back a lot of characters and obviously we've seen Anakin return for Obi-Wan and things like that. And, you know, sometimes it feels more like it's designed to be exciting, but it's not necessarily designed to be meaningful. Whereas here it felt like both. It felt really kind of natural that we would see Anakin in all these different forms from across his timeline, but we're also seeing him through her perspective. And I love that reversal towards the end of their exchange where they have the fight with him in Sith form. His eyes are all red. He's got the scarring and stuff like that. And then after that, you know, emotional breakthrough happens, he sort of resets. And it's like an interesting way to look at Anakin as a character because it's easy to look at people and characters like this especially as like a straight line into, you know, descent, you know, into evil. Whereas, you know, this is kind of a, I thought it was a really great lesson to be learned from teacher to student that it is like, yeah, it's not just about like how I turned out. It's about the totality of what I have given you. And even my end is a bit of teaching for you, you know, and is a telltale sign that you could perhaps avoid in the future instead of giving in, kowtowing to the fear of that and losing yourself to the dark side. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like that is felt like a very it felt like it earned its gravitas. I was like effortlessly gripped by that. And then yeah, traversing these different specific battle moments and stuff like that. Like th these are the moments that then make me go like, yeah, I would love to dive further into these things, you know, whereas previous episodes have had references where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that what Hayden Christensen brought here was really I think I was in awe of it because I didn't exactly know what they were going to be doing with him. And I think they managed to do something that was multi-layered and also open to interpretation. I don't think you can, it is a conversation I would like to actually have because there's this whole, you can't just, I don't know. Sometimes they have a line here or there. That's like, here was Kanan. He was a Jedi. All right, cool. 
there's this whole thing about Mortis and father, son, and daughter that I don't know how you can just like throw out a line to explain that to yeah. general audiences because that's a whole new can of force worms that you just can't really uh, just throw out there and expect people to just latch sure, onto sure. right away, right? And I think though, if you are aware of that, that you can interpret, okay, maybe Anakin is this. Um, oh, I mean, you know, this is her caught between life and death right now. This is like a purgatory of sorts. The world between worlds can be a representation. A purgatory. Of, a purgatory. It can be a, a representation of that uh, because, you know, like she wakes up in the water and she's choosing to live. So it could just be something similar as that. And this is a manifestation of her going through her subconscious and facing things and uh, these these certain traumatic memories and trying to learn from those lessons as well and revisit. Because a lot of it is her revisiting stuff. Right with Anakin. So, what I was in awe of was how it managed to be so multi-layered. With okay, you can interpret Anakin on a multiple multiple layers. He could be the father from Mortis, if you're familiar with that. He could be Force Ghost Anakin working his way through the because because of what Clone Wars described on that Mortis arc, he 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 wouldn't be your typical Force Ghost. Plain and simple. He just wouldn't be that guy. <laughs> yeah, that typical one that shows up. And then the most, the best part about it to me, though, is Hayden Christensen, we've never got to see him do live action mentor of the relationship with Ahsoka. And that is the heart of Clone Wars. That yeah. is the heart of why we loved Ahsoka was that friendship that developed between them. And it was, what was blowing my mind, I guess, was... Who played him in Clone Wars? Do you remember? Uh, uh, I don't remember who played him in Clone oh Wars. Oh, God. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. It was uh, not Hayden Christensen. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not Hayden Christensen. Oh, this is going to stress me and, out. And while, yeah. while there were aspects that were supposed to remind you of Hayden Christensen, that actor really did his own thing, and the writing really did its own thing as well that helped fill in a certain type of gap. But we never got to see Hayden Christensen be that version that made many of us love Anakin that much more was his interpretation on that, yeah. was that interpretation on the show. And we got to see that relationship brought to life in these dynamics in sort of this like ethereal, ponderous sort of way. Uh, but we still got to see those interactions. So when he's saying shit like snips, when he's actually saying, it's not just like Easter egg lines. It feels like I'm watching the animated relationship. Yeah. It's like, this weird full circle trajectory where first the live action Hayden Christensen cast, okay, we're going to draw him in the likeness of him. He's going to do some of his own inspiration, but really do his own thing. And I felt like Hayden Christensen watched the animated show. Oh, of course. And yeah. then adopted a lot of that because his acting was not, I mean, like when you see him in Obi-Wan, he did a good job, but I didn't really feel like we got too much new other than more exploration of him being mad, yeah. you know, him being <laughs> rageful yeah. and hurt. This was like, oh man, they're doing the animated relationship, <laughs> and, well, and I thought that was yeah. that was the part that I because even if you haven't seen the animated version for live action, you have not seen this side of Anakin before. Yeah, and, and so I think, and it's the soft that, side that makes his descent all the more. That's what makes it heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was something that I don't want to get lost in. In all, like, there is like so much in this episode. There was a, a spirituality with the Force that I haven't felt in a long, long time. Uh, and part of the magic is is kind of in what Anakin was saying about the thread of master and apprentice. 
And this idea of Anakin's time as a Jedi will forever be marked by the fact that he was a Jedi who had to become a general, who fought in a war, who fell. And you have each of these, I mean, like, I don't know, like the other, <laughs> the other episode, I was like, name them all. But you have Anakin to Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan who, who offers so much. And from Obi-Wan, you have Qui-Gon who offers so much. And from Qui-Gon, you have Count Dooku who offers so much. And, and I, I and love then eventually that, you get to Rey who gets it all. Well, you get, <laughs> so, but it is, the force is this thread. It's, it's not the individual of this, of any of the Jedi. It's, it's what they pass down to each other, their failures, their successes, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their nightmares, all of those things yeah. collectively create this like beautiful, beautiful thread. And I think, Ahsoka kind of coming to terms with who the times that you live in, while they define your actions, don't necessarily define you. It it gives you an opportunity to to forge yourself into something, and and she's kind of been stuck in this kind of permanent state of war. She was raised yeah. into this, and um, I think for Ahsoka to like finally reconcile and spiritually come to terms with it i mean it's like very much and i know like we all instantly like gandalf gandalf but like a very similar this like gandalf after he fell uh you know uh the balrog like the amount of time like (laughs) didn't seem like a lot like it was really quick but it also felt like forever Mm -hmm. and he came back and, and there was this like ease and understanding and at peace with you know in his case the Astari but in Ahsoka's case I think she's really reconnected with the force in the most uh, authentic of ways and I know everyone was grumpy when Ahsoka didn't show up uh, like she did in Rebels with the the whole Gandalf the White get up at the in the, in the finale well, I, I think this really clarified Why? for us I think this because on episode two, another like for us, I think when we first saw it, we thought they were just paying homage to the ending of Rebels in episode two. But this, um, but everyone else was saying that no, that this is recontextualizing, they're redoing yeah. it, and this only further drove that home. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I think it was. I think Dave Filoni and his infinite brilliance realized that this would be an arc for Ahsoka that she needed to go on throughout the course of the show. Yeah, and to begin her there would do an injustice to her and well, yeah i mean it was it was apparent that that was one of the seeds they were planting and i think where the dichotomy that i, I was, as a viewer i was running into was when it came to information displacement focus and the emotion underneath all that like i always i understood everything that happened in episode four and i overall liked episode four yeah. i just was having a difficult time connecting emotionally with it the way how apparently the rest of the world did. Uh, but I was, I was just having a, Whoops. I was having a, a, a diff, I was having a difficult time connecting with that. Yeah. And, and I feel like, okay, there's something specifically about the way Filoni himself directs uh, where, I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's, it's his show. Well, even, he's, he's even spent when so much time with these characters, I mean, nobody intimately understands Ahsoka and Sabine better than Dave Filoni. Well, even when he's the one not directing, 
he still gets all the credit. <laughs> um, yeah. And he gets all the criticism, too, because they're all written by him. Yeah. The director is essentially honor whoever the other director is, the other ones. They're, they're, most of the time, seems like they're just honoring, trying to bring Dave Filoni's vision to life. Yeah. And then you feel the full vision and scope of this because there's, there's perhaps maybe in terms of the storytelling of Ahsoka's arc here, there's a part of me that's like, ah, oh, you know, it would have been cool to have like just a little bit more, just a conversation with it between uh, Ahsoka and Anakin. Just one more like cherry on top conversation. Maybe that's kind of a maybe department yeah. for me. However, I think what he ex- excelled at here was doing stuff visually, tonally, and knowing how to communicate all that of what's going on. Uh, 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 admittedly on a gorgeous surface but underneath the surface of what's going on that you can actually understand oh i get the trajectory that ahsoka is going on because it it seemed like that was the arc that she was having ultimately go down this problem this resistance with sabine having to train her and then her expressing some you know uh ah, anakin didn't finish training me and um yeah there is a bit of information i i can't help but wonder about the people though that are not familiar with Clone Wars. I can't well, help but well, wonder I, that. I feel like they did such a good job at at giving that part of the audience a glance and an understanding of the dynamic. That being said, but why would but, she? But Filoni, like I under, <laughs> what I'm getting at is, I understand why she would blame herself yeah. for Anakin's descent. And they, if you didn't they, watch Clone Wars, yeah. would you would you get why she would it why she would blame herself? Not yet, but I, I, mean, don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're done yet with that. I do think something that just kind of like hit me like a brick while you were talking. Dave Filoni's selection of Mandalore hmm. was brilliant. Yeah, the siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Because in the siege of Mandalore, you ready for some poetry? In the siege of Mandalore, he wasn't there. Yeah. When she needed him, and when he needed her most, yeah, and when Sabine's family desperately needed her mm. on Mandalore, yeah, yeah. Ahsoka wasn't there for yeah. Sabine, and Sabine apparently wasn't there for Ahsoka. That's true. Good so you know, I think um, the the real question is: Will we continue through the progression of of you know the series? see Ahsoka and Anakin continue that training. Like, I caught the sense, tonality-wise, that there's still lessons to be learned. I think to your point about, like, the conversation as the cherry on top, if they had just had a conversation instead of doing that powerful visual storytelling, it would have felt great, sure. But it wouldn't have been as earned as, as now if Anakin were to commune with her, if she were to commune with Anakin, or however it, you know... um. I meant like do everything they did, and also and throw. And all, well, that's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think we're gonna get. I hope so. Anyway, I think yeah. we're gonna get a a version of that. And in the same way of, uh, when when Yoda tells Obi Wan, you know, you're gonna commune with your old master yeah. and learn how to. Part of me kind of feels like Anakin's gonna teach Ahsoka not just that, but also something that goes beyond just like being a force ghost yeah and uh i, I wanted quickly because what i what i thought was really cool is i spent so much time on anakin and everything yeah. what i really loved too was i i did have a thought go okay is this gonna dip <laughs> now that we're done with anakin's part of the story 
and it didn't. Uh, yeah. it, it remained great. And I want to talk about Hera. What I think is really cool of what they've done with Hera, for you guys who are not familiar, yeah, they explained who Kanan was, but that was like the love story of, of Rebels between Kanan and Hera. And, you know, on, on Kanan, Kanan's death is one of the, like, is one of the most heartbreaking parts of watching Rebels. It is a, it is a monumental moment, and it, it gets etched into your memory forever once you experience it, basically. And Hera was privy for that moment. And shortly before that, saying, like, I love you and everything. After he, While he just, she was pregnant. Yeah, pregnant and, and pregnant and all, yeah. right? And um, he dies in such a tragic way with, without her getting to say goodbye. And what I think is they're doing so well here with the depiction of Jason, who wants to be a Jedi, is clearly shaping up to be like, I want to go more down my father's path, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, all these things. Is that you? They're doing such a great job of that. Even though she didn't get to have that goodbye, Kanan gets to live on through Jason, and keeping that connection and that relationship evolving, and what they're developing with Jason. Which a lot of time, I feel like I would not actually. There's like this depiction of Jason. I'm like I feel like in other in some kind of there's some alternate execution of this that I would not enjoy. But I, <laughs> but I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I thought it was. Again, it all comes down to execution and tone for me. And and then, of course, that deeper context of understanding what Jason is representing. Yeah. And and Hera as well. Like, the, I, I really loved... Um, I got... Because, like, there were people who were saying that they thought your Mary Elizabeth Winstead's performance episode four was, like, the best she's done. And I'm sorry, I don't... Oh, this I, blew it I, away. I, I don't agree with that <laughs> yeah, at all. wasn't enough uh, for her to do for that to be Like, the there were people who were saying that, and I, I yeah. don't agree with that. I loved her performance here, though, yeah, in this yeah. episode. She really, really found it. And not just found it, but captured, like, the nuance of... Like, I always thought Hera was such an interesting character. Like, she is, in so many ways, a lot bigger of a deal than, like... Uh, rebels let her be like in my mind, like like because we're always so focused on the Jedi side of things, we forget like she's like the daughter of this like crazy like rebel leader, um, you know, fought during the Clone Wars. She literally helps build the rebellion in its infancy. She's so complex, and she constantly juggles this like she has to put it all out there and, and be so vulnerable. And I feel like we really got to see that. And I can only imagine, and, I, and I, I felt it in this episode, both the pride and the fear that comes with your child taking after his father, who's a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll tell you what I'm excited for. I want to flash forward and see Freddie Prince Jr. play, because <laughs> uh, he did such an amazing job yeah, as Kanan. Sure. Uh, it'd be so cool to, you know. But it's it's curious, like... Where is that going to go? Like, are we going to see that character's future? I hope he's not at the Jedi Temple when Kylo has his meltdown. Like, I know. hope he is. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the end. Of, I hope it's the ending post credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to meet someone. This his is too Kylo. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> uh, I do. I do think what should be noted for like expanded universe fans, um, there is. Jason Solo and that whole story arc, like, 
obviously Dave Filoni has a love for the expanded universe and stuff that got cut out, you know, when, when Disney bought the, the property. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if they're going to try to pursue some of those story arcs, um, which would make sense because Thrawn's involved and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the, the Pergo, the Pergo, we got to talk wow. about that. Uh, I mean, we all saw that coming. But the way we got there felt it didn't land in a perfunctory or rote way. Yeah. It didn't just seem like they had to do it that yeah. way. Like they've been setting that up. How disappointing would it be if we didn't do it? All that setup with the Perkill this yeah. whole fucking time. And we never decide, yeah. why don't we travel via through them? <laughs> you know? Can you imagine if we never yeah. did that? But they earned it that way. I, I mean, I love the whole... Um, I love the whole idea that she had to get more in tune with herself by any chance getting more in tune with the force, which is what allows her to connect with the Purgle to be able to travel, like literally be like, hey, can you fly me? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. because they were just hybrid. They were just like floating around (laughs) and she needed to communicate with them. Like, I need you to take me. And the fact that she was able to do it uh, that way instead of hopping like like uh, a. What's it called? Like when you, uh, they did it, like they've done it in Rebel where you like land onto the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like yeah. hot dead, no, well, it, catching it, a train. It, it, you was, know? it was part of this like continued theme of the episode where we're diving into a different side of the Force. We're, we're really like the Force echoes when she was remembering what like the mm-hmm. conversation was with Sabine. Like, Which you've seen in like. Fallen order. Yeah, stuff, well, that's yeah. exactly like we've we've seen it in other places, but we've never seen it live action. We've never seen it canonically, uh, and I think it, it's getting to the spirituality of this character, which is something that I always loved about Ezra's character and something that they explored with him. Um, that's another thing too. It was the most Ahsoka focused episode, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I loved it the most too. Well, it it needed. It, this was just so focused. I I stand by. Like the flashback sequences to the Clone Wars, I think really were like the perfect demonstration of why it would have been really nice to see at least like a moment of uh, Ahsoka and Sabine while their relationship was good. Like, like I know it's heavily implied, and that's like the one thing that I I am and yeah, I and s- I know that we'll I've see what it will be by the end of this, and I'm sure it will be amazing. I just wish. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't feel like it's. I love this episode. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's absolved the other things that I am concerned about, though. Yeah. Like, this, like I, I'm still not that connected to the Sabine and Ahsoka relationship Yeah, as much as I would like to be. I understand the context. We can obviously break it down and be like, yeah, this, this, poetry, rhymes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we can do all that. Um, it's more about what is the show doing to communicate the relationship on screen and how much of a feeling am I generating from this? You know, so that... And that is such a main thrust of this show. So, yeah, but I know you wanted to say something. Well, no, I mean, this doesn't, yeah, absolve some of the gripes from previous episodes, but this did feel like the most fully realized and like it managed to draw out a proper balance between the deliberate pace they've been going for, but also with having it feel like a good amount of things are developing. And even though things happen gradually, they seem to happen with that sort of magical sense of design around the periphery. 
where you can have a growth of character within Ahsoka that feels like it makes sense with everything that came mm. before, but that also feels quite rewarding when it's like, oh yeah, like partway through when she comes back out and she's in the white, she's got a whole other enchantment to her personality. There's yeah. just like a growth of that. And even the thing with the Pergil has this like spiritual feeling quality and everything in the world between worlds has a spiritual quality to it. Even with Jason listening to the waves, the sensory qualities, the elemental, like this did a good job for me of putting you mm. wherever it was putting you in a very lucid way, much more than the previous ones have done where I've been kind of looking at an arm's distance at some interesting stuff and waiting for it to really like, hook into yeah. my spirit, so to speak. And this uh, managed to do that in understated ways, uh, you know, most heavily stated with Ahsoka and Anakin and all that, but in understated ways with kind of everybody. And this was the first time it felt like, even though, you know, people were on different missions and storylines and stuff like this, does now feel like an ensemble here in this moment. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, like the the journey feels like there is both excitement, adventure, hope and peril on the horizon. And it just feels like you can extrapolate so much more out of it than just kind of sitting and going, OK, cool. A couple things happened, but I don't feel, you know, as moved, connected or otherwise like this managed to like feel like sequentially, naturally the next episode. And yet also feel like it has all the things that have been missing up until now. Um, and lastly, uh Great lightsaber fights. <laughs> yeah, good choreography. Lightsaber fights were great. Yeah. Um, they harken back to... still got it. They harken back to the prequels um, and the way they did that. And I I really... I like these lightsaber fights, the way they were shot more than... Again, like, I liked the last episode. I just wasn't in love with it like everyone else. And people were really in love with those lightsaber fights. And oh, I thought I, they were good, yeah. but I, oh, I, I feel like this was an... Ex I thought this was better. I, I'll, I'll just say that. Like, I'm not an nerd about versus. Well, I, thought I, I think the, episode five versus four, but I thought this was uh, really sharply executed. I think part of it's the emotion that goes into. That's exactly like that's exactly you know. I, yeah, the two of them, yeah, <laughs> no, the, the two of them just have <laughs> such like. There is history, and with every strike of the blade, you can feel it. Um, you know, whereas with like Balin, it was beautiful. I mean, he's doing this like European medieval style, and Ahsoka's doing this, you know, samurai esque. That's yeah, cool uh, mood and all. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, but well, this was bad. I'm super. <laughs> this was evocative, not yeah. just moody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, ideally we'll get the best of both worlds. Let's hope so. Um, either way, I'm so excited. Hey, what did y'all think? I feel like the internet's a buzz right now. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for keeping us on track. <laughs> no, what? No, I'm, I'm I'm serious. I want to know that. I really appreciate, and I know last week we got some heat. Oh, I don't give a shit. I love no, I love it. I thought the people brought up some really great points. I'm gonna be as honest. I, next week can suck, and I'll be honest about it. <laughs> right, right, right. If it sucks, I'll if uh, if I'll be honest. Magic. About it. Right. it was it was magic. This yeah. Week. Uh, and you know what? Yeah, I thought this was great. This is magical. Yeah. And this this is um, this is what happens with patience, and when you give creatives the power to do what they do best. You, yeah, you were ending this. So leave leave the force All right. behind you. <laughs> we gotta go. I yeah. gotta edit, man. Come Use on. Use the force to leave a like and subscribe. All right. Bye. <laughs>